Week one of the finals is always an impossible task to follow, but this year looks particularly tough after all four of last week's fixtures went down to the wire. But now we take a deep breath. If you're a Richmond fan like myself, you just start your preseason early. But otherwise, we shift our attention to the semis. The pair of prelim spots on the line starting tonight when the D's take on the Lions for a third time at the MCG. Finals footy remains in Melbourne on Saturday night for an evenly matched game between Collingwood and Fremantle. The Pies are quite confident, almost too confident after their narrow loss to Geelong, whilst the Dockers are just going about their business quietly, as always. Who's progressing to take on the Cats and the Swans? With me to answer that question, pierce away the headlines from the hot takes and provide a field of his own is Footy Live's premium analyst, Nikki G. How did you make of all the weekend's action, mate? Yeah, uh, a very, very scintillating start to the finals uh, series last weekend was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's really set up for a good good round of semi-final games this weekend and obviously next week in the prelim. Um, very hard to predict uh, some of these contests and obviously it's still as even as ever. But just looking forward to it uh, starting tonight at the MCG. I think everyone's very much looking forward to it because the media has been quite quiet. A couple of signings, a couple of sneaky things going on in Richmond. But other than that, everyone's just like, let's talk about football. And we'll do just the same, as you said, tonight. And the storyline of this game, there's always one semi-final, in my opinion, that everyone just goes, done. This game's done. Everyone's just going, Melbourne wins this game. Brisbane aren't that good. They finished fifth. They were okay against Richmond. They can't defend. They're done. They can't play in Melbourne. Every time Melbourne plays Brisbane, they whoop them. What's the point? Yeah. Friday night, it's ruined. The game is done. <laughs> so I want you, Nikki G, to make the argument for Brisbane. Why should we all tune in and watch this game that will absolutely go down to the wire, if not a Brisbane boil over? Well, I mean, we were saying the same thing about Rich, uh, Brisbane last week against Richmond. Um, we, we, or you and I at least, were saying that, you know, Richmond have won it uh, before the balls even bounced and look what happened. So, I don't know, uh, September footy, you, you, you still never know what can happen um, in, in a finals game. Uh, all, the history can be pointing to one side, the statistics can be pointing to one side, but it can it can still go either way and... I mean, the, the news about Joe Danaher today being uh, pulled out of the Brisbane side, that is a massive loss, let's put it out there. Um, and, you know, Melbourne being the side they are defensively, I think they're ranked number one in the competition for uh, marks conceded inside 50, obviously with the help of Stephen May and Jake Lieber back there. And not having Danaher there, that just makes it all the more difficult for the Lions. But... Um, I think Sydney really set a blueprint on how to beat Melbourne last week. Um, it, it all starts in the midfield. That That is Melbourne's biggest strength. And more times than not, you are not going to beat them at contested footy. They are going to get their hands on the ball. They've got absolute bulls in the midfield like Oliver and Petrarca. But how, do, how you do stop it and how Sydney stopped it last week was defending the stoppage. Um, you, you, you can let them, you can let the Ds get their hands on the ball, but you have to be ready on the outside for when Melbourne does win it. You have to tackle, you have to force a turnover and at least slow their ball movement down. Um, and yeah, Sydney did it to perfection last week. I think they were up 14 in tackles. They were up 12 in tackles inside 50. Uh, they were up 13 in uh, one percenters. So... They, they caused a lot of pressure, and that's what finals footy is. It, you know, you make it a scrap. 
Um, nothing's going to be easy, and that's what the Lions have to do tonight. Their, their MCG record is torrid. They haven't won there since 2014 or something like that. Um, and obviously their record against Melbourne is even worse, uh, especially this season. There's been a differential of 122 points across the two games. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle for the Lions, but they just have to, um, yeah, play play that game in midfield, uh, defend the stoppage, and don't don't boot it long to Stephen May and Jake Lever. They, they have to keep the ball at ground level and, um, yeah, give them the best opportunity going forward for some high-percentage shots to their small forwards. You're absolutely right about the uh, poor form at the MCG. The Lions have lost 14 of their last 15. The last win was t- round 21-2014. Upside, however, is that Melbourne are obviously very beatable. Sydney played an immaculate second half last week and showed you how to get it done. And as you said, it is midfield, but it's more structure than and it is like just raw chaos, raw talent, raw power. So it's not about contested possessions. 54% was Melbourne's contested possession rate last week in the second half. They just couldn't get their hands on any free football. Sydney's system was just way too drilled. Can we see that from Brisbane? Because that's been the massive downside this year from Brisbane. From turnovers, from stoppages, from defensive half, they're ranked mm. in the bottom four of the competition for the year round for points points against. They just... they. They just seem to leak points too easily, no matter who they play against. And that is that there's no defensive structure, there's no defensive system that seems to be set in, and there's no kind of intensity about about making those things happen. Can we expect Brisbane to turn around? They didn't last week. It became a 100 versus 100 game yet again, and it's one that they they luckily won. But but if they do that against Melbourne, you see them getting blown out. So can they commit to defensive integrity, or is it going to just be another shootout? Well, they have to. If they want any chance of winning, there has to be because, yeah, like you mentioned, their, their defense uh, in midfield and in, in the defensive half, obviously, um, yeah, they've been poor this season. And, yeah, if they want any chance of winning, uh, there has to be uh, a massive improvement in that area. I probably can't see it happening, to be quite honest. Sorry to be a pessimist, but I can't see it happening. But um, h- how do they do it? I mean, I, I, for me, I think they just need to... Um, turn it into a you know turn it into a scrap play that wet weather footy I, I don't think the rain is coming judging by the weather outside right now but um, yeah I, I think turn it into a scrap keep the ball on the ground just keep I think you know possession is normally king in, in games of footy but not in finals I think it's a territory based uh, game so you know they just need to Get it out of the hands of Melbourne. Keep it in the forward half as much as possible or on the ground and, yeah, just just go for it. Just tackle. Just, um, yeah, don't give any, don't give Melbourne uh, any clean possession of the footy. That's their best chance for me. Um, but, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's going to be an uphill battle. Absolutely. And that was the key to last week's victory for the Swans. The Demons conceded 11 goals from turnovers last week. Uh, their second most are considered since the beginning of the season, and they were forced in committing 75 turnovers, um, which, ironically, they've done for the last four weeks. So that if they put the Ds under pressure, they will turn the ball over, they will give you a chance. Um, the question is just can Brisbane do that? Now, that's all very analytical, very coaching-based, very statistical, but there's some storylines here. There's some juicy ones, and obviously the big storyline is will we get to see a round two bout between Petty and Zorko? Well, do you think they're going to go head-to-head, bulls at a gate, or are they going to shake hands beforehand and say, sorry, they got their hand and let's just play football? 
<laughs> well, I mean, I think this one's going to be on Zorka. I think he just needs to stay out of it. Um, Brisbane need to learn their lesson from round 23. I think they were more focused on going for the man and trying to act all fake, tough against uh, against Melbourne, and it backfired a bit. Um, they got blown out. What was the margin at half time? It was like 10 goals or something like that. Um, yeah, I think this time around... The, the, the Lions will, uh, I mean, they'll learn from that and they'll just try to focus on the, the task at hand because it is a big task and they, um, I think they have underperformed in the, in the, in the back half of the season. And I mean, if, if they were to get a, a win against the D's of the G and book in a prelim spot, that would be massive. Um, and yeah, they, they just need to be focused more on the game as opposed to, um, as opposed to the, going for the man so yeah it's going to be interesting I think if you know if Petty's smart he'll probably try and um, get something out of the Brisbane boys or or any of the Melbourne players I'll probably try and um, suck them into a few into a few fights but um, yeah it's, it's going to be a mental battle more so than a physical one I think for tonight and then speaking of mental battles Chris Fagan obviously has come out in the media saying he's like he's compelling his charges to overcome the mental demons. If you were coaching Brisbane, would you highlight the fact that you haven't won at the G for 14 of the last 15 times you've been there and said, come on, it's time we actually do this? Or do you go down the old tried and true cliche of just another game of football, guys? Just going to kick that football right and we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, no matter what you say, I think it's always going to be at the back of their minds. Um and I, you know what, I, I don't mind, you know, letting the playing group, um, making them aware of what the record is, because um, sometimes you can use that as motivation to, um, to go out there and try and set the record straight. Um, because yeah, I mean, I, I think all the players know it at the end of the day. So um, all you can do is really try and um, get the, you know, do something different in in the pregame. Um, I remember a few years ago. Actually, going back a long way, um, when Hawthorne travelled to Adelaide um, one year, and I only know this because, yes, I am a Hawthorne supporter, but mm-hmm. um, I think Clarkson uh, took all the mobile phones off um, off the Hawthorne place. Actually, it was in Sydney. They were travelling to Sydney. And remarkably, uh, they won because I guess all their focus w- was on the game as opposed to any distractions. So... Strategies like that, I think, I think can work. So, um, yeah, they, they know the task at hand. They know their record isn't very good there. So they just need to figure out a way where they can overcome it and, um, yeah, win the mental battle. So, oh, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Gordo. I think it does. There you go. You try something different. You'd, uh, you get a bit quirky with it, but you don't have to like rub it in their faces. You're an AFL coach in the making, and there's a couple of clubs that might be coming knocking on your door there, Nikki G. So uh, <laughs> hats off. To you there. So, final tips for mine. I want to smell an upset. I want to smell some excitement in week two. As I said, traditionally speaking, these these rounds kind of run the way they're meant to. The team that gets the second chance usually whoops on the team that finishes in the bottom half of the eight. But I want to hope for it. But the statistics, and I love the statistics, say you can't. So, Melbourne has scored a total of 232 points in its last two matches against Brisbane this season, whilst conceding just 110. They're up. 122 points. That's an average winning margin of 61 points. It's yeah. it's going to be a Melbourne victory, but um, what can you do about it? Do you agree or are you going to back the upset? 
No, no, I, I agree. It's, it's just, it, it's too hard to see. I think Brisbane, um, they should improve on their round 23 performance. I've come out with a bit of fire in their belly. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think Melbourne can get the job done. I just can't see them getting knocked down in straight sets, uh, given they're the reigning premiers. So they'll want to respond, and I think they will tonight. Speaking of responses, the Pies, maybe they don't have to respond. Maybe they already did last week. They improved their medal. They took the reigning, the minor premiers to the, all the way, all the way to the very last possession of the game. But they find themselves having to play in week two. Meanwhile, the Dockers, they, they look down and out. If you followed Twitter, they were a laugh, they were laughing stock. They were a basket case. Twitter had already proclaimed their season an absolute failure. And then they proceeded to just wind back the margin over three quarters against the Bulldogs who faded in to nothingness. And, you know, that's probably what their season deserved. An eighth, ninth spot, they were respectable, but, you know, they didn't have it on the day. They didn't have it during the season. And now they get stuck in this loop. It's the Melbourne team. It's the biggest Melbourne team, the biggest team in the AFL, the hype train at the MCG. We almost beat Jong. We almost got through to a prelim. How good are we? We're still there. We're thereabouts. Another close game, but we finally lost one. Versus the team that no one knows or cares about, seemingly, the Dockers, especially if you live in Melbourne. The Purple Haze just rolls across, does its thing, rolls back out to the west. Who's your read on this one, and uh, have you read too much into the Collingwood hype, or are you uh, looking forward to a Dockers upset? Well, I'm looking forward to a, a, a you know a Fremantle, a really good contest from Fremantle because they, we know their signature of 2022 has been their wins on the road. So, I mean, they, they've beaten the likes of Geelong in Geelong, they've beaten Melbourne at the MCG. Um, I think they've won another handful of games at Marvel Stadium. They had the draw against Richmond there. Um, so although, you know, Geelong's probably the biggest game out of that lot, um, winning in Geelong, but oh, playing Collingwood at the MCG in front of 80,000 people in a knockout final, um, nothing compares to that. So that's going to be a, a new challenge for Fremantle, but I, I think they can do it. They're capable of it. They've, sh- they've shown this season that they, you know, that they, they can stand up, um, to the opposition on their home deck, adjust their game plan a bit wherever they need to. Um, so I'm expecting a really good game from them and free and Collingwood. We know, I mean, they, they love the close games of footy. Um, I, I think this one is going to be a close game of footy. Collingwood only know one way, but even them, um, they, what they did against Geelong last week, no one was expecting it. I think, you know, judging by the stat sheet, um, Geelong should have, should have won, uh, by five or six goals. Contested possessions is usually an indicator for, who's going to win the game. And um, Geelong were up by a ridiculous margin, 20 or 30 contested possessions. So, um, yeah, remarkably, Collingwood managed to to keep the game close and to give themselves the best chance of winning. And how they did that was they adjusted their game plan a bit. They knew they couldn't go head-to-head with Geelong in that that area of the field. So what they did was they tried to control the ball a bit more. Their, Their uncontested possessions, they were up 44 they had 28, uh, uh, 28 more marks than Geelong. They had 32 more uncontested marks than Geelong. So um, that gave them the best chance of winning. They just didn't want to put the ball in Geelong's hands, and that seemed to work. So it goes to show that Craig McRae, you know, he's got a few plan Bs up his sleeve if they can't play that, you know, wild, um, reckless game style that's, you know, 
um, won them so many games this season. So it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Obviously, they looked a bit deflated at the end of the game last week, but I liked what McCrae came out and said. You know, they shouldn't look defeated. Yes, they lost the game, but they're still in finals. There's still another game to win. And I think I th- I'll probably be tipping Collingwood tonight, uh, tomorrow night, sorry. And um, yeah, I'm expecting an- another close game. We'll be back after a quick break. Here you go. So a couple of uh, key matchups to look out for. Uh, starts off in the ruck, and usually, you know, Colin has the advantage there with Brody Grundy, but he's currently sidelined, so it's Darcy Cameron. In the words of McRae, big boy Darcy Cameron. Taking an even bigger boy in Sean Darcy. The midfield battle here will dictate terms a lot. Does Fremel have the advantage here? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, I think that's that's Collingwood's one weakness, especially without Taylor Adams, is their midfield. Um, and winning clearance, winning contested footy. Um, hence why they had to tweak their game plan a bit last week against the Cats. And we know how good Frio's midfield is. You mentioned it, Sean Darcy in the ruck, Brayshaw Sarong. They were both at the top of their game last week against the Bulldogs. And, you know, once they got on... T- after quarter time, the way Fremantle got on top in the midfield and around the ground was remarkable. So... Um, that that is a clear advantage for the Dockers, and you know if they can get on top in that area of the ground and get the ball inside fifty, um, yeah, they're going to be hard to stop. But I think that is their biggest weakness as well is uh, converting inside fifties into uh, into scores. Uh, that's been their one weakness this season. It was that was a weakness last week as well. I think um, they had about their percentage was about around about the twenty to thirty percent mark of converting inside 50s to scores. So, um, yeah, uh, they have to obviously clean up that part of the game. And um, if they do, if they do do that and give themselves the best opportunity to score, uh, they'll probably go on to win the game, to be honest. Well, you saw that last week against the Bulldogs. So they had 11 more inside 50s just in the fourth quarter alone against the Bulldogs. But it's that high possession throughout the whole year which has been key for them. So the last four rounds, Fremantle have won the inside 50 count by 11 per game. And as you said, that's ranked second. But also, as you said, they only rank 15th for scores for these entries. So they're a high... Yeah, they do everything right except for when they get inside 50 and chump on the scoreboard, which means you don't win too many good too many games against good opponents. Collingwood have proven themselves to be a good opponent, especially keeping in fights. I mean, everyone's a fan of uh, the UFC. Nate Diaz is taking on uh, a knockout expert on the weekend, and Nate Diaz's chin doesn't quit. Neither does Collingwood's. They get themselves off the off the uh, the floor each time they stay in and keep it tough. And so if Fremantle doesn't capitalise, it leaves the door ajar uh, for a sneak attack from the Pies. The question really is, is this like, how much do we have belief in the Pies? Does it have to be a close game? Can the Pies win one easy? Like, do we think that the Pies at home should be 
you know, winning by four goals against Fremantle. Are they that good or do they need the game to be a scrap to stay close with teams? Um, yeah, judging, again, by looking at the stat sheet, I think um, obviously Collingwood, are, I mean, we've, we've seen it all year. They're, I wouldn't say they're lucky to be where they are because they've earned it, but um, they, they've found a way to nullify their opponents and, um, yeah, keep the scoreline uh, pretty close like they did last week. And um, against Fremantle at home, you know, they, we probably should be expecting Collingwood to win and win well. Um, but at the end of the day, I still see Collingwood as a rebuilding team. I see uh, Fremantle as a, as a more developed uh, team in, in terms of, you know, their previous rebuild and where they're at as a club right now and in terms of their list. So, um, but at home, in front of 80,000 Collingwood supporters, um, they're obviously going to be hard to stop. They're going to have all the momentum. Um, I, I still think it's going to be a close game, though. These these two teams don't score a lot of goals. Um Again, we mentioned Fremantle's inside 50s and how, how that's been a bit of a weakness for them, um, converting in, in, into scores. Collingwood's defence stacks up pretty well. They're pretty good one-on-one. Uh, they don't concede a lot of marks inside 50 either. So I can see this just being a bit of a stalemate, really. Um, it's, it's just going to be a clash of the two two different game plans. And, um, yeah, I just see... Yeah, it's just my prediction. I see it being a bit of a low-scoring contest. So... Um, we'll, we'll wait and see, obviously, um, but I don't know. It would just be good to to get another to get another close game um, with Collingwood um, at the MCG, uh, obviously, because probably tonight won't be as close. So we want to see at least one good game. We hope so. We hope so indeed. And I think that could be made even better by the fact that I reckon Fremantle have it in them for the sneak ambush attack. I just think. Yes, Collingwood have won the close games all year, but we see it time and time again across all sports. NFL is a key indicator for this one as well as that. Yes, close wins are an indication that you're there or thereabouts, but if you, if you let, like just like last week, the game was equal with two minutes to go. It's a fumbly clearance. It's a fumbly attempted mark. It gets knocked forward. Another team kicks the goal. That's it. Like if you leave it up to chance, you're just a coin toss. You can you can toss heads four times in a row. That's not an indication that the fifth heads will be with the there as well. So, on paper, I think Fremantle the better side, as you said, the more developed side. I think, yeah, yes, Collingwood finished higher on the ladder. Yes, Collingwood is at home. Yes, Collingwood has some advantages, but uh, I can smell an upset. What I can also mm. smell from you, Nikki G, is some uh, classic. Put your house on a picks to round out week two of the finals. Just something to keep people entertained if they're not one of the uh, the clubs involved, or if they um, you know, you know, their yeah. team gets blown out in the first quarter of the game. Yeah, well, I like going. Uh, I like going something on the Friday night, and I've got one for tonight as well. Charlie Cameron to kick two or more goals. He loves a big final. He loves a big occasion. Um, he scored uh, two or more in his last six finals. So. I can see him doing that again with Joe Danaher not there and the small forwards needing to step up. And he was pretty awful in round 23 against Melbourne. He didn't kick a goal. He wasn't as influential as he would have liked. So he could be out tonight for a bit of redemption at the MCG. And for my pick, I've gone Collingwood to win, but uh, the total game points to be under the line of 149.5. Five. As I mentioned, I can see it being a little bit of a stalemate. In Collingwood's last 10 September matches have been under the line as well. So 
little bit of history in there as well for you, Gordo. There we go. We love to see the research done well before the due date. Uh, my <laughs> sensible game is the Collingwood Fremantle game. As I said, I'm big on I'm big on Fremantle, so I'm uh, going for them for the upset. And as I said, I think the rock dominance equals midfield dominance. Midfield dominance equals some disposals for the stats pigs. And so any Brayshaw and Cabs wrong to get 25 or more each. Plus, the Fremantle head-to-head win gives you $4. Thanks to our friends at Sportsbet. And then, as you said, Friday night. Got to have some fun on the Friday night. So let's have some fun with it. Let's be silly. So this is my silly bet. (laughs) I think Melbourne win comfortably. I think Brisbane are done. They can't defend. Melbourne are too clinical. They're at home. Brisbane can't travel to the MCG. It's basically all done. I reckon Zorko blows blows a valve early. It's going to be biff. It's going to be all over. It's going to be chaos. So Melbourne 40 plus. And then, you know, that's not juicy enough. $2.75, not fun enough, not juicy enough. So I've gone Eric Hipwood to be the first goal scorer. So in the three times that the Lions have been the underdogs this year, Eric Hipwood has kicked the first goal. And uh, Brisbane are the best scorers from clearance team in the competition. So, you know, the 50-50 chance, centre clearance, the first bounce, I reckon, you know, Brisbane has a slight advantage there in terms of scoring from clearances. So they get the clearance, they key down Hipwood's throat. Hipwood kicks the goal. Zorka gets in the face of Petty. Everyone blows up. Melbourne goes on to dominate from there. There's your storyline. There's your bet. And that is paying you a cool, calm, collective 50 bucks. So just a dollar there, dollar or two. Happy days <laughs> when it all comes off. Gamble like responsibly, of course. That brings us to the end of our truncated week two finals preview. You can follow all the action, of course, and the AFLW action all through our Footy Live app. And we'll be back next week to uh, talk about more finals footy. And uh, stay tuned during the off-season and the trade period where we do our club-by-club wraps as well as all the off-season trade news and uh, analysis. But until then, enjoy the finals footy, and we'll see you next week.